We have read about the power of the Holy Spirit and how God's generals have through that power worked wonders. And now in this season, we refuse to be onlookers and hearers alone. But like the apostles, we are determined to experience and express the power of the Holy Spirit. With a well-rooted heart, stay conscious and receptive as we are about to experience God's power through the teaching series from the Unusual Conference 2.0 tagged Dunamis. I seem to have a problem with the church of Jesus. I, I find out that we would rather be recipients of what was freely given to us than for us to find out how it ought to operate. I will say it again so that you can understand it. I find out and I find it quite, quite troubling. I believe that the reason why it seems like a generation is not changing according to the order of what has been made available to the church of Jesus is simply because the members of the church of Jesus will rather sit down to receive what is theirs than to understand what is theirs enough to operate it. Ah. So, some of our largest services, for instance, are miracle services. The reason is because somebody has sat in church for 20 years and has not arrived at a place where he's discontent by the fact that when he needs a miracle, he still has to attend a service. He doesn't think that by now he should have grown in stature to the place where he is not in discussion as to receiving miracles. He's in discussion as to how many nations are changing because of his discovery of the deposit or the resident power of God. And it's not a problem that started with me. I have studied scripture enough to find out that one of the greatest discontents of Jesus even when he was on the earth, while he walked on the earth with his disciples, was the fact that he seemed to have been around them for what he called so long. And mommy, so long was three and a half years. Then they bring a child for them to cast out the demon. And they struggle to cast out the demon. And Jesus didn't say to them, come you guys, come and sit down. Let me teach you the basic ABCs of casting out demons. He already was discontent and angry. Then he says to them, you guys, how come by now you still cannot cast out this thing? The one that gets me on my toes is the one that he was sleeping under the boat. I mean, we can take the time throughout scripture to show you. He was sleeping under the boat and the storm was eating up the entire boat. And it is normal. For the disciples to have expectations that he will get up and care that they are perishing. Listen, let me tell you one of the things that hurt Jesus that day. They didn't say, Master, what should we do because we are perishing? They said, Master, don't you care that we are perishing? They expect him to be as worried as they are about the circumstance. And many times when Christians are in circumstances, they expect God to be as worried as they are about the circumstance. Then they wake him up from sleep and they say to him, Master, carest not thou that we perish. And I thought that Jesus would look at them and say to, him, to them, Ah, oh guys, oh sorry, sorry. I didn't realize that it was this bad. He said, Oh faithless generation. 
Now, please, I want you to realize with me that as at this point, Jesus had not died, the Holy Ghost had not been given, and yet Jesus looked or felt frustrated that his disciples could not, excuse me, uh, eh, that they could not look at the sea that is raging and command the sea to be quiet. Please help me. Does that sound reasonable to you? Was Jesus being reasonable with his disciples? Forget the fact that we are talking about master and think for a while. Why should anybody expect that a natural human being should see a storm and his natural reaction would be to resist the storm? To the degree to which Jesus looked at them and called them faithless generation and asked them, how long will I be with you? Now, let us start on this note. Paradventure, it will stir up our appetite for what is coming throughout the weekend. If Jesus was angry with his disciples who had been around him for three years or less for not being able to get up and exercise what they have seen him exercise. I want to ask you, how do you think Jesus should look at you now if you have been born again for 10 years? Play all the mighty God we serve. You're the mighty God we serve. The heavens and the earth adore you. The angels bow before you. You are the mighty God we serve. You are the mighty God we serve. You're the mighty God we serve. The heavens and the earth adore you. The angels bow before you. You are the mighty God we serve. Hold it. We, we will sing it at the end. But I want you to be thinking about it. Listen. Because we cannot even start the discussion about dunamis until we accept that as a generation, we have decided to rise up and take responsibility for changing the things on the earth that are not according to the patterns of God. If not, what will happen is because of how weak we feel on the inside and how irresponsible we feel on the inside. And I don't mean irresponsible insultively. I mean it realistically. The average Christian does not feel the weight and the burden of responsibility upon his shoulder enough to look at anything on the earth and tell himself, I was born for such a time as this. And because that's the, that does not come within us, there is nothing stirring us up sufficiently to get up from within and say to ourselves, we owe God 
in response to the high price he has paid and we owe our generation to access that which is available to us in Christ Jesus enough to change any circumstance the power to change circumstance is what we have come to discuss as dunamis and I don't want to have a discussion with people who came to receive of that power and by the grace of God before this weekend is done some measure of that power will hit this house and it will cause change in the life of people it will heal infirmity it will straighten out circumstances it will bring men back to the ideal of God and yet that will only be preliminary to what I believe my purpose is here for the weekend I would be satisfied if a generation rises out of victory like Bible church and says to themselves we are responsible for what is happening on the earth and because of that responsibility we will not rest until we can access the dynamic workings of the power of God as is resident in us if we agree say an amen we're not basically going to focus on the power of God to change our circumstances we are going to focus on the power of God resident in us to change the world. Ah. <laughs> Is anybody hearing me this weekend? Our focus this weekend will not be in God's power to change our circumstances. In fact, when I study the kingdom of God and I study some of the basic teachings of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, I find out very interestingly that many of the things that we are crying and praying and pursuing God for are covenant rights that were designed to meet us if we took responsibility for the earth. I'll throw a basic scripture at you. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall meet you there. I, I wish somebody heard me. So what does it mean to seek the kingdom of God? It means seek to see in operation on the earth. Things the way they operate in heaven. So let me ask you. If you have read Revelation 21 or 22 before. Is there sickness in heaven? Is there poverty in heaven? Is there failure in heaven? Does Nepal carry light in heaven? Do people dig borehole in heaven? Heaven seems to be a system that is robust and sufficient in itself that everything that approaches it seems to have a regenerating power within itself to sustain itself forever. Oh. I wish there was a way to take each of those words and explain them. Heaven is obviously such a functional system that everything that approaches that system discovers in itself the power that can regenerate enough to sustain that system forever ah it means that if the reality of heaven becomes what the average christian lives in not where the average christian wants to go to I, i'll say it again just in case you didn't hear me if the reality of heaven 
becomes what the average Christian lives in, not where the average Christian wants to go to. Instantly, the Christian is activated to begin to regenerate himself to the intent that nothing can deteriorate in the life of the Christian until his purposes are done. Oh God. It was the psalmist in the old covenant that wrote that confession that we decree almost every day. I shall not die. But I will live to declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. Simply put, as long as the works of the Lord are in my hands for declaration, the power of regeneration is supposed to be active enough in me so that I don't deteriorate, if not for anything, for the sake of the purpose I have to fulfill. That means as long as I feel responsible for something on the earth. Two confessions are cancelled from my book. The confession for long life and the confession for strength. In fact, I find out that at that point, according to Isaiah chapter 43, it is in God's best interest to protect you. So rather than beg God to sustain my life so that I can quote and, and unquote enjoy. Why I put that in quotes is because the greatest joy of a man is standing in the center of the purposes of God for his life. But rather than say to God, Lord, please, I don't want to die young. Because if you read Paul in Philippians chapter 1, you will know that there's actually nothing to enjoy on this side of eternity. What you want to do to this side of eternity is fix it as much as you can fix it, knowing that it is already designed to pass away. You're the mighty God we serve. The heavens and the earth adore you. The angels bow before you. You're the mighty God we serve. So as long as the purposes of God are in my hands, my protection stops being my responsibility. Uh, my sustenance stops being my responsibility. According to Matthew chapter 6, my food stops being my responsibility. My drink stops being my responsibility. My clothes stop being my responsibility. Where I will live stop being my responsibility. Because every ambassador is on the full payment of the country he represents. The problem is that many Christians have not been activated in that sense of responsibility enough to say to themselves, for to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Paul was talking about death like he was talking about a shed. I, I wish... 
please watch me. I need to come a bit closer. Please, please watch me. Paul said, there are two decisions before me. To live, to die. To live, to die. Then he said, I don't know which one I will choose. Hey. <laughs> That's when I knew that plenty of our confessions in church are fear-based, not faith-based. So many times we are in confession because we are afraid, not because we believe. Paul said, to die, to live. I don't know which one I'm going to choose. He said, but let me think about it constructively. If I die, it's better for me. <laughs> he said, because if I die, I will be with the Lord. And that's how the fear of death is the proof that you don't believe heaven the way you say you believe it. Ah. Hello. I, I met a few potholes on my way here. How many of us don't want to trade those potholes for street of gold? If the streets of heaven are paved with gold, why, why do I want to stay in Abelkta for too long? If there's no pain there, why do I have to stay here where I wake up in the morning and my waist will pain me and I'll need to generate faith to silence the pain? A songwriter said, Surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus? Or in all of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? Or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing? Hallelujah! Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. I can only imagine. There is no day I sing that song and I don't come close to tears. It makes me want to go to heaven. Paul said, That choice, if I want to be selfish, is better for me. There are not too many Christians today who can say this. Is a better choice for the reason is because we love our lives especially against death oh i wish you heard me because the bible told you that the generation that overcomes part of their elements is that they love not their lives even unto death If you are listening to me closely, you already are hearing the things that are deterring the operation of the power of God in your life. You want to survive. And because you want to survive, you abandon the pathway that God designed for your survivor. Because God did not design you actually to survive. He designed you to dominate. You want to live long. For what? Nothing is wrong with living long. And what's it? Some of us will live long. I 
have the covenant of God. The Lord showed up to me one night and he swore to me by his name. He said, I'll protect you. From that day, my fears died. But, but see, oh God, I feel like leading you through one confession of Paul. Paul, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 with me. I didn't plan to speak about this today, but because we are there, let's touch it very briefly. Are you in 1 Corinthians chapter 3? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, so if you start from verse 3, you find out that they were arguing, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. And then Paul said to them, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? I planted Apollos watered. God brought the increase. Why are you glorying in men? But see, so, so he now warned them. He said, therefore, what? Let no man glory in men. Why? Now, excuse me. How many of us are grateful to God for the life of Apostle Achudume and Mommy Achudume? God said that it is because of you that he anointed them. I, I need you to understand it. The Bible says God gave the gift to one for all. David, come, come. David, come quickly. Please, listen to this. If I say, David, take this gift but it is for Pastor Shegun. Do you understand it? Take this gift. It's for Pastor Shegun. Let me ask you a question. Who has more rights to the gift? David or Pastor Shegun? Aha, okay. Let me see whether you got it. David, take this. It is for Pastor Shegun. So the gift is given to David for... Pastor Shegun, who has more rights to this gift? David or Pastor Shegun? Okay, all the Davids, lift up your hands. Drop your hands. All the Pastor Shegun's, lift up your hands. And the Pastor Shegun's have it. Those of you who said David, the Lord convert you. <laughs> because the gift is not for David, even though it is given to David. So, Pastor Shegun is the reason why David collected the gift. That means if there was no Pastor Shegun, there will be no need for me to give David. If you were not going to be born in such a time as this, there will be no need for God to, to anoint Apostle Achidume. So, Apostle Achidume is mine. I wish you got it. So, if I find an anointed servant of God, and I find out that the word in his mouth is providing me direction for my life, every time I see the man, I thank God, not just for the man, but also for how much value God puts on me. Because if God didn't put so much value on me, he will not anoint such a man and place him at such a time to be such a blessing to me. So Paul said to them, you cannot glory men because all things 
Oh, if you understood me, some of you will have been shouting by now. So do not glory in men because everything is yours. You are the reason why those men are anointed. Oh, put back that scripture on the board for me. He said, do not glory in men for all things are yours. Next verse, whether Paul, next verse, 22. 22, 22, 22, 22, 22. Move it, move it, move it, move it. Don't kill my preaching fire. Oh. No, don't worry. It's media. It's computer. It was made on this side of eternity. So it can... When we go to the other side of eternity, it's not working. All things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or... No, no, I thought you would be saying it. Say it out loud. Let's start again. All things are yours. Whether... That means the world was made because I was coming. All things are mine, including the world. But that's not the only thing he said. Ah, the world I thought you heard it. That means life is mine. Death is mine. I choose whether I want to live or die. It's a choice. That means at the place of kingdom dominion, death is not an event. It is a choice. Paul finished. Pastor Shaku, Paul finished and then said, I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. I have finished my course. Now there remains a crown which the Lord, the righteous judge, has kept for me. That means I'm turning around here and there's nothing more to do. And because there's nothing more to do, I have a better house to go to. So let me write my son's letters so that they can understand how to coordinate themselves while I'm going. Peter was finishing. He said, for I must soon put off this tabernacle, even as the Lord Jesus has revealed unto me. Those guys chose death. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Did I, is it Dunamis conference I came for? So do you think Paul was living in fear of death morning, afternoon and night? Somebody that was inside shipwreck and was eating food. So life is mine. Death is mine. Things present are mine. The things to come are mine. So the question now is who am I? Thank you sir. The question now is who am I? It was Don Moen who sang it. Who am I? 
that you are mindful of me. Who am I that you set your love on me? Oh, you're my creator king. The question I want to ask is you, who are you? So every time you see a great servant of God, that is a great blessing to you. Don't only look and say, wow, great man of God, I wish I could be. What you should be asking is, who am I? Who am I that God will take time and prepare a servant and furnish a servant like this and set him in the same generation with me? Who am I? When you start to ask, who am I? then you will truly honor the servants of God. Hear me. I believe in honor a hundred percent. I believe in honor in money. I believe in honor in service. But I believe that the highest honor is becoming. Uh, can I say it again? I believe in honor with all of my life. I believe that there's honor in giving. That if you honor a person, you will look for how to give to them as a sign of your honor. I believe that if you honor a person, you will look for how to serve them or serve the purposes of God committed to them. It's a sign of honor. But I believe that the highest honor is becoming. Do you know what becoming means? It means if I accept that Reverend Fuller was anointed because of me. If I accept that Apostle Achudume was anointed because of me. The highest honor I can give them is to take the words they have spoken and become everything they had hoped when they were saying it. So if I hear them say, the Lord is raising a generation. The first thing I should say is I am that generation. God is raising out of this house 50 billionaires. I am. Ah, it's like the door is to answer in this church. God is raising men and women who will walk in righteousness. I walk in righteousness. God is raising anointed men and women who will answer the problems of their time. I answer the problem of my time. And every time you respond like that, you become the joy that they waited to see. Because ah, even Jesus, when he was dying, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 53, he said, and he will see the travail of his soul and he shall be satisfied. This man and woman of God cannot go to the grave and not look at you guys and say what God anointed us for we saw the harvest of it that's the highest honor listen I found out how I know that that's the highest honor is that you can give for eye service you can serve for eye service 
but you cannot become by eye service. <laughs> you become by being a diligent student of the things they have said. You will become a barian of their school. You will take everything they say. You will study it back and forth and back and forth. And say this is true. This I don't understand. The next time you sit in church. You don't even need to raise your hand. Your faith will ask the question in the atmosphere. The man of God will stand up to teach. Then he will digress from his teaching. Then he will be answering you. Because God knows the most important thing. Is not his keeping to his script. It's your you rising to become. Everything he had hoped. So the highest frustration of Jesus was that his disciples were not becoming. That was why he looked at them and he said, I have figured out it is better for you that I go. Because if I do not go, the one who made me the way I am will not come upon you. You know what? Uh, let me say this. Many congregations have killed their pastors. It's not your person here. Many congregations have killed their pastors. Because many people do not feel the responsibility of what is resting upon the anointed one that they sit under. And so God has to look and say, if this man will ever become, I have to take this man away. Don't worry, it's not a prophecy. I'm just telling you what has happened in many places. Have you ever seen a 40-year-old man coming back home and say, ah, daddy, where's my lunch? They should slap that man and send him out. The joy of every father is to watch his child at 25 rise up to take responsibility for certain things. And at 27, the man is glad that he is at the wedding of his son. Have you realized that the wedding most times is more the celebration of the father than it is the celebration of the son? More of the people that come, come because of the parents. Because it is the day of the father's declaration. This is my beloved son. He understands the pathway. He can now live whether I am there or not. That was the highest cry of Jesus. So while Jesus was here, he was operating the power of God. And the disciples were enjoying his operation of the power of God. Night and day, he was operating the power of God. The disciples were enjoying his operation of the power of God. And Jesus stopped. There was only, there was one day in record that Jesus proved to us, sir, what exactly his desire was. That day, he had sent them ahead. And there was only one boat. They took it. He stayed back to pray and disperse the crowd. And so he dodged the crowd and he came to them in the night, walking upon the waters. Ah! Maybe if you want to title this message, you might want to title it, I take responsibility. Because dunamis is useless to you until you find responsibility. If we talk dunamis, and you find dunamis, you will start using it for useless things. 
Somebody will be using the power of God to trust many girls. It's because you don't know how much work is on ground. If you know how much work is on ground, there'll be no time to be checking out another person's wife. <laughs> You're the mighty God we serve. You're the mighty God we serve. Heaven and earth adore you. Angels bow before you. You're the mighty God we serve. Say two times together. You're the mighty God we serve. You're the mighty God we serve. Heaven and earth, heaven and earth adore. Even angels bow me. You're the mighty God. Say one more time. You're the mighty God we serve. You're the mighty God we serve. Say heaven and earth adore you. Angels bow before you. We'll say one more time. Make it personal. Make it personal. Say you are the mighty God I serve. I serve. You are the mighty God I serve. Heaven and earth adore you. Angels bow before. You are the mighty God. for a little while that's going to be our confession this weekend until every resident power of God in you becomes manifest tomorrow I'll teach out of Ephesians chapter 1 and that you may know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what that believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him up from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places far above we will talk about far above then you will know that there is no authority, no witchcraft, no working on this side of eternity that is comparable to the power that is already resident in you. That the prayer is that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know. Knowledge is one of the greatest conversion force of the power of God in its, kinet in its potential form to its kinetic form. And I declare, before Sunday evening, many of you will start to walk out the power of God. 
that you may know. So tonight, I take responsibility. Let me say this and close. So Jesus was coming upon the water. Sir. And while he was walking and coming, everybody shouted, Ghost! Let me tell you what I found out. Let me tell you. This was about 3 a.m. It was the fourth watch of the night. Let me tell you what I found out. It is easier for Christians to attribute power to Satan than to God. And he did not start with us. With all the miracles that the disciples had seen, Pastor Shego, you would have thought that somebody should have said, ah, is Jesus trying to show us another thing? Because imagine what those guys lived in. Every day, they saw a different manifestation of God. Yesterday, they thought they saw a leper healed. You know how exciting it is to see a leper healed? Somebody came with his skin already deformed. His hands eaten up by leprosy. Then you watch master touch his body. Then you are watching that thing change into baby skin. Like that. Until it gets to the hand. Then the hand begins to shoot out. Then the man's hand is like the hand of a child. Those guys just turn around and say to themselves, say, ha, ha, Master, Master, Raboni. Then they thought they are seeing something. Two guys are coming blind. Blind. Everybody knows them in the area. Master locks the door and he lays hands on them. And suddenly those guys can see. And these guys are thinking, who is this? Everything he did, he did not do to reveal his glory. He did to reveal who you are supposed to be. I'll take the time and show you that tomorrow. There's nothing Jesus did on the earth to impress you. Eh? When he finished, eh? let me go ahead of myself. When he finished doing all of those things, he stood and he said, Father, all that you have asked me to do, I've finished it. Now glorify me with yourself. With the glory I had with you from the beginning. Excuse me. So what was this thing you just finished showing us? It means this thing he finished showing us is not his glory. If you are talking about his glory, how do you tell the person who made eyes that making blind eyes see is a miracle? <laughs> how, do you, how do you say it? So you think if he wants to show you his glory, he will show you by opening blind eyes? It's like you are standing in front of a Mercedes Benz shop. And you are saying, I bow before you. I worship and adore you. Because they changed the leg of your car. They made the car. So what glory was Jesus revealing on the earth? Why did he do the things he did? He did them just to show you how you are supposed to operate normally. That means this thing you are operating now is system malfunction. I need to close this night. Hear me. So Jesus was coming and walking upon the water. And I said to you, it is easier for Christians to attribute power and supernatural walking to Satan. 
So this guy saw Jesus reveal in manifold ways the glory of God. How come when they saw somebody walking on water, they didn't say to themselves, man, is that master? Is he trying to show us something new? So the average Christian does not have the excitement of expectation. He has more expectation for terror than he has the expectation for the goodness of God. And David said, I would have fainted except that I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I tell you the truth. Part of your problem with seeing the power of God manifest in your life is that your expectation always is of evil. When you want to travel, you expect to see accidents. That's why you pray the way you pray and cover the windscreen with the blood of Jesus. I cover the road with the blood of Jesus. Lord, fill my tire with the blood of Jesus. Blood is slippery. Is anybody alive tonight? They said ghost. Jesus said to them, not a ghost. It is me. Then Peter said something that changed my life. I am sure that even Jesus was glad with Peter. Peter said, Master, if it is you. Now, let me explain if it is you for you. It means there are certain ways we know our master. That we know that our master does not glory in showing us the things he can do that we cannot do. Our master always does things so that he can invite us to do it. So if this is my master, he will not only walk upon the water so that I can clap for him tomorrow morning, he will ask me to come upon this water. So if it is you, Somebody needs to close tonight with the prayer if it is you. Lord, if it is you that healed the sick like I read in the Bible. If it is you that raised the dead like I read in the Bible. If it is you that changed the course of Jewish history like I read in the Bible. If it was you that confronted theology and confronted psychology like I read in the Bible. If it is you that changed the orientation of an entire generation. That you emptied the temple and you sent the temple to the mountain. If it is you. Ask me to come. Let me too rise up in my generation. That is what the Bible calls a witness. That's what the Holy Ghost came to make believers. And you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Master said, Peter, it is I come. My question is why didn't the eleven take advantage of come and jump out of the boat? Let me tell you what most likely happened. Imagine what Matthew and Thomas and James, the son of Alphaeus, and John and James were doing the time when Peter was walking on water. I can tell you what they were doing. Oh, he's walking too. 
Christians spend time marveling at the things that they too should exercise. Master, if it is you. We spend time. One day I said to my church, I love Pastor Christian Akilome, whether he likes it or not. I love Pastor Chris. I mean, I love the mighty things that God has done by him. But I told them, I hated to watch Atmosphere for Miracles. It became, it literally became a hatred for me. I will tell you why. It was in the season when God was teaching me these things. I found out that while the man of God will stand there and say, Get up in the name of Jesus. I command you, get up in the name of Jesus. And then they watch a weak person rising out of what looks like a deathbed. You know what? What I hated was not the miracle. It was the way members will look. And one day I changed the channel. Then I said to my wife, if they truly were observing this man, miracle workers should multiply in that ministry. That word come that was said to Peter was sufficient to carry all 12 of them because no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. That you were there when God said it means that you can take advantage of the faith in the atmosphere. So while Peter was walking on the water, the rest of the 11 marveling tonight I wish I can have somebody in this house who will say master if it is you please don't come back tomorrow until you lay out like 9-10 of the things Jesus did in the Bible and you say master if this thing is you call me to come let me come. I want to come into it. Master, if it is you, how come everything is getting sick and dying around me and I'm not able to address it? Master, I don't want to only run to you and say, I beg you, please heal me or heal my brother or heal my sister. I saw how you did it. Peter's mother-in-law was sick because you know he had the tendency to trouble Peter as you people travel. You went by the house. You didn't pray for her. You took her by the hand out of the bed. And you said, Mama, I beg, we are hungry. And she got out of bed straight into the kitchen. Yes, sir. Oh, you guys are here. Let me get you something to eat. Master, if it is you, let me tell you, in many dimensions of my life, I have provoked God for the last 12 years. If it is you, if it is you, if it is you, in many of those dimensions, I have seen now how I can operate those things freely. In some of them, I am still believing. But I have told him, I will believe to my last breath that if you did it, it is available to me. So if you tell me a person is dead, I have tried it a number of times. I'm not one of the preachers who lie to you. I've not raised the dead before. 
I've seen one come back to life, but I was not sure whether the person is dead or it's painted. I'm not standing on top of pulpit and lie to you. I'm not seeing the dead come back alive again. But every time they tell me a person is dead, I tell them, put the phone in the person's ear. Put it on speaker. The least I owe God is to pray. And I pray believing. And two weeks ago, my wife came out of a vision of the night. And she woke up. And she said to me, you know, I just came out of a dream. What felt like a vision. And in the vision, the Lord asked me to ask you, how badly do you want it? I said, want what? Then she said, do you remember 10 years ago, you told me that you saw a truck full of dead bodies and that you were pulling dead people back to life from the back of that truck? I said, yes. She said, the Lord said, I should ask you, how badly do you want it? So me too, I am presently in a season of Lord, if it is you, bid me come. Lord, you change society. I cannot be in Nigeria. Nigeria is decaying like this. It, is, it cannot be Buari's fault. It cannot be. Buari has not met you. He does not have the internal generating capacity to change a nation. It was under crowds that sang a long time ago. I said, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Say one more time. Jesus is the answer for the world. Above him there's no other. There's no other. Jesus is the way. He's the answer. Jesus is the answer for the world. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. sing songs like this then it will be time for politics you are looking for people who jesus has worked in and even christians are telling you it doesn't matter whether the person is a christian or a muslim if he can perform the power of performance is in the name of jesus and that many generations have defiled it will not make us change our mind on the eternal truth we know that it takes Jesus changing the life of a man for the man to have what it takes to change the life of a nation. Am I saying that people who are non-Christians have not contributed to nation building? God forbid. Many of them have. And yet the power of change is in Jesus Christ. Master, if it is you, bid me come. Mas Moreau said, if you want a brand new world, you have to have a brand new people. If you want a brand new people, you have to have a brand new life. If you want a brand new life, you've got to have a brand new spirit. 
And if you want a brand new spirit, you have to come to Jesus Christ. It means if the world will change, it is us the world is waiting for. To stir up the dunamis power of God that is already resident in us and change the course of time. Somebody rise on your feet and lift up your hands and say to God in one minute, Master, if it is you, bid me come. I hope you understand the prayer. That's why I started with that song. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and to give you control. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and to give you control. Master, tonight we take responsibility for the earth. We take responsibility. That everything that is damaged around us is waiting for the stirring of the resident power of God in us. So it can change. Lord, tonight we ask one thing only. If it is you. If it is you that healed the blind. If it is you that caused the deaf to hear. If it is you that cleansed the lepers. If it is you that gave strength to weak limbs. If it was you that changed society. If it was you that preached the gospel to the poor. Bid us come. That we might rise up to the full stature of the son of God. And that we might answer the need of our time. Blessed be your name our father. In Jesus name and all God's people said. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Hope you were blessed by that inspiring message from our lead pastor and we pray it bears fruit in your life. For more transforming messages, do subscribe to our YouTube channel at Victory Life Bible Church or keep yourself updated via our website at www.victorylifebiblechurch.org. You could also follow us on our social media platforms on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at VLBCINT. God bless you.